Petro Show on 99.9 FM and 1380 AM. News Talk WNRI. Right now, it is 106. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Good afternoon on this Tuesday. Folks, it's May 31st, and you're listening to our program. It's the Power Hour. It's the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the John DePietro Show, time now is 107, is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery. A great meal is waiting for you. Stop in and see them. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Now, 60 minutes. Uh, I'm going to tell you about the latest now. Regarding uh, apparently Warwick has become ground zero for some threats right now regarding uh, and again, this is part of the problem where you get a copycat situation. But 60 Minutes had a really good piece. Um, And I, I think, you know, we have to deal in facts. But, folks, again, uh, by the way, NBA finals are going to be awesome. Congratulations to the the, um, the Boston Celtics. The NBA finals are going to be fantastic to watch at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Right off of Route 46. Stop it and see them at the Lodge Pub and Eatery. I want to go um, 60 Minutes had a really good piece about the AR-15 and... Listen, folks, I like to deal in facts, and not everybody does, but I don't think there's anything wrong with um, people learning about this particular weapon. This was a piece that was on 60 Minutes over the course of the weekend. The AR-15 semi-automatic rifle. Variations of the AR-15 were used in this month's massacre at a Buffalo supermarket. At a Texas Walmart in 2019, a Florida high school in 2018, a Texas church and a Las Vegas concert in 2017, and Sandy Hook Elementary School in 2012. The AR-15 style weapon is the most popular rifle in America with well over 11 million, and they are rarely used in crime. But the AR-15 is the weapon of choice of the worst mass murderers. AR-15 ammunition travels up to three times the speed of sound. And as we first showed you in 2018, we're going to slow that down so you can see why the AR-15's high-velocity ammo is the fear of every American emergency room. The story will continue in a moment. All right, here it is. Here it is, folks. Mass shootings were once so shocking. Where the f- is this coming from? They were impossible to forget. We have an after shooter inside the paragraph. 
Now they've become so frequent. It's hard to remember them all. In October 2018, at a Pittsburgh synagogue, 11 were killed, six wounded. Just 11 months before, it was a church in Sutherland Springs, Texas. Assistant Fire Chief Rusty Duncan was among the first to arrive. 90% of the people in there were unrecognizable. is now a memorial to the 26 who were murdered. I've never had the experience not with any kind of weapon like this. For me to see the damage that it did was unbelievable. It was shattering concrete. I can, you, know, you can only imagine what it does to a human body. Hmm. The police estimate that he fired about 450 rounds. Oh, I believe it. I saw the damage it did. I saw the holes in the church. From one side to the other. All the pews, the concrete, the carpet. I saw it all. A gunshot wound is potentially fatal no matter what kind of ammunition is used. But Cynthia Burr showed us the difference in an AR-15 round against gelatin targets in her ballistics lab at the University of Southern California. Folks, watch, listen to this. Research have gone into kind of what the makeup should be of this ordinance gelatin to really represent what damage you would see in your soft tissues. So this is a pretty accurate representation of what would happen to a human being. Yeah, this is currently considered the kind of the state of the art. This is a nine millimeter bullet from a handgun which we captured in slow motion. The handgun bullet traveled about 800 miles an hour. It sliced nearly straight all the way through the gel. This one's gonna be a little bit louder. Now, look at the AR-15 round. See the difference? Yes. It's three times faster and struck with more than twice the force. The shockwave of the AR-15 bullet blasted a large cavity in the gel unlike the bullet from the handgun. Wow, there's an uh, enormous difference. You can see yeah, right away. Exactly. There's fragments in here. There's kind of took a curve and came out. You can see a much larger area in terms of the fractures that are inside. Now watch from above. On top, the handgun. At bottom, the AR-15. It's just exploded. It's exploded and the it's tumbling. So what happens is the, this particular round is designed to tumble and break apart. The 9mm handgun round has a larger bullet, but this AR-15 round has more gunpowder, accelerating its velocity. Both the round and the rifle were designed in the 1950s for the military. The result was the M16 for our troops and the AR-15 for civilians. There's going to be a lot more damage to the tissues, both bones, organs, whatever that gets kind of even near this bullet path. The bones aren't going to just break, they're going to shatter. Organs aren't just going to kind of tear or, or have bruises on them. They're going to be, parts of them are going to be destroyed. That fairly describes the wounds suffered by 29-year-old Joanne Ward. At Sutherland Springs Baptist Church, she was shot more than 20 times while covering her children. 
Ward was dead, her daughters mortally wounded, as Assistant Fire Chief Rusty Duncan made his way from the back of the sanctuary. As I got a couple rows up, um, Ryland's hand reached out from under his stepmom and grabbed my pant leg. I wouldn't even know he was alive until he did that. I didn't even see him under her. Well, that's where me and him made eye contact for the first time. Joanne Ward's five-year-old stepson, Ryland Ward, was hit five times and was nearly gone when he reached trauma surgeon Lillian Liao at San Antonio's University Hospital. How much of Ryland's blood do you think was lost before he came to you? At least half. This is Ryland's ER x-ray. Yes, you see the two uh, bullet fragments that are in him. The x-ray shows you the solid fragments of the shrapnel and the bullets, but it doesn't tell you much about the damage to the soft tissue. No, and it doesn't tell you what's on the inside. I mean, a bomb went off on the inside, and our job is to go in there and clean it up. A bomb went off on the inside because of the shock wave from Correct. these high-velocity rounds. Correct. Ryland endured 24 surgeries to repair his arm, leg, pelvis, intestines, kidney, bladder, and hip. At some point, it's like putting Humpty Dumpty back together again. What do you um, mean? Well, his organs are now in different pieces, and you have to reconstruct them. The arm was missing soft tissue, skin, uh, muscle, and uh, part of the nerves were damaged. The bowel has to be put back together. Some of the areas of injury has to heal itself. So you can see that he can walk around like a normal child um, and behave as normal as possible. With the AR-15, it's not just the speed of the bullet, but also how quickly hundreds of bullets can be fired. The AR-15 is not a fully automatic machine gun. It fires only one round with each pull of the trigger. But in Las Vegas, it sounded like a machine gun. A special add-on device called a bump stock allowed the killer to pull the trigger rapidly enough to kill 58 and wound 489. In other mass killings, the AR-15 was fired without a bump stock, but even then, it can fire about 60 rounds a minute. Ammunition magazines that hold up to 100 rounds can be changed in about five seconds. I remember hearing the gunshots go off and being so nervous and scared. And all of a sudden, I felt something hit me. You've been shot how many times? Four times. Oh, how many surgeries? God. Three. I oh. have for my arm, my stomach, and my ribs and lung. In February of 2018, 17-year-old Maddie Wilford was at school, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, in Parkland, Florida. 17 were murdered, 17 wounded. And I just remember thinking to myself, there's no way, like, not me, please, not me. I don't want to go yet. Her uh, vital signs were almost non-existent. Oh. She looked like all the blood had uh, gone out of her body. She was in a state of deep shock. 
paramedic Laz Ojeda saved Maddie Wilford in part because Broward County EMS recently equipped itself for the battlefield wounds that the AR-15 inflicts. We carry active uh, killer kits in our uh, in our rescues. Active killer kits? Yes. What is that? That is a kit that has uh, five tourniquets, five uh, decompression needles, five uh, hemostatic agents, five uh, emergency trauma dressings. Dr. Peter Antevi, Broward County Medical Director, told us today's wounds demand a new kind of training. If I take you through one of our ambulances or take, take you through our protocols, almost everything we do is based on what the military has taught us. We never used to carry tourniquets. We never used to carry chest seals. These are things that were done in the military for many, many years. When did all of that change? It really changed, I think, after Sandy Hook. After Sandy Hook Elementary School, where 21st graders and six educators were killed with AR-15 rounds, a campaign called Stop the Bleed began nationwide. They're really tight. And Tevi and doctors including Lillian Liao in San Antonio Make this tight. are training civilians who are truly the first responders. There have been more than 100,000 classes like this in the last seven years. You have to go the second round to actually stop the bleeding here. Does it hurt? Yeah, her face, you can undo it now. The day after the shooting, my kids are waking up and they're time to go to school. And uh, my son heard, kind of heard what, what had happened the night before when I was on the scene. And he looked at me with the fear of God that he had to go to school that day. Oh. My first instinct was, wow. he needs a bleeding kit. Huh. My son today has a bleeding kit on his person. How old is he? 12 years old. Huh. There it is. This is it. We, 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 I've given him this. And I taught him how to use it. You believe that these mass casualty events have become so common. Terrible. That it is important for everyone in this country to be prepared. Everyone. That's where we are in America today. That's where we are. Ryland Ward survived the church massacre because firefighter Rusty Duncan used his belt as a tourniquet. Look where you're going. For over a year... Ryland worked often six days a week. Slow but controlled. Learning to sit. All right, we're loosening up all your muscles. Stand and walk again. Okay. You're very strong. You're very strong. Let's see if this actually goes in the hospital. Yep. Did you meet some new people in the hospital? You were there for a long time. How do you know? They told me. I talked to some of the people who helped you. Like who? There was uh, Dr. Lau? Dr. Lau, yes. Oh, how are you? I'm good. Yeah, how's your arm? Good. Let me see. He has his strength back. It's remarkable, really. But healing from the loss of his stepmother and sisters won't be as quick. How's your day? Maddie Wilford is also moving forward. Like many who suffer physical trauma, her interests have turned to medicine and an internship where she's studying the kind of surgeries that saved her. Not long ago, many communities assumed mass murder would never come to them. Where's she hit? Where's she hit? Where's she hit? What's wrong with that door right there? Today, all Americans are being asked to prepare for the grievous wounds. Oh my God! of high-velocity rounds. 
Folks, again, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. I thought that was very, very extensive. Now, right now, I want to bring you up to speed. Uh, there is another threat of a school. It's 122. It's Tuesday. And apparently, boy, Warwick is suddenly, the city of Warwick has become ground zero now. This was a message from Warwick Veterans uh, Memorial Middle School. Veteran, uh, this is Mr. Coffee, principal. Uh, student made a comment in class we consider threatening to the school. Heard it on YouTube, repeated without realizing the serious. We had to view it as a threat, potential threat to the school. Notified work police department. Uh, the student will not return to school until a full risk assessment is conducted. So, and they're monitoring it. So this is now the second school in Warwick. Uh, that is dealing with some kind of a, a school threat. And I want to just um, get you up to speed. And I want to make sure that I did not miss uh, anything else that is happening. Because I um, I want to go back to, boy, that, that Florida sheriff, they... They put that 10-year-old, I don't care what anyone, they put a 10-year-old in handcuffs and took his mugshot. And, you know, and, and, and then someone said, well, that, that's not fair. They're making an example out of him. Well, something has to cut through. Something has to break through that these, um, and they are children, but they clearly don't know the seriousness of uh, some of the things that they're saying. Now, a statement from Speaker Sakachi and uh, Senate President Dominic Guggerio. We're committed to passing meaningful gun reform legislation this session. We've been working on this, blah, blah, blah. Um, Gun bills are meaningful gun reform legislation. That's what we're hearing locally now. Locally. Um, let's see. I want to just, um, make sure I'm not missing any other, any other news of the day. As far as, obviously, it was a week ago today was the shooting, which I'm going to read for you. The minute by minute that the New York Times put, put together. Minute by minute. And, and what I find disappointing and and actually even frightening about this is that the New York Times was able to put this together faster than the police down in in Texas and that is that should give everyone pause right that should give everyone pause um what you know i i what what, what are they doing and i'm not trying to sound like the guy in Connecticut but um, how is it possible that 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 Warwick, that the New York Times, excuse me, that they could come up with this ahead of ahead of the Texas police? So, folks, but right now, what time is it? At one twenty-five. It's Tuesday. It is the final day of May. And what a, a news month May has been. 
this portion of the John DePietro Show. Let me get my sponsor sheet. Where are we? There you are. And it's brought to you by Propane Plus. Now, listen, they want to be your propane provider. Propane Plus. Call them today, 401-885-4209. Do you use propane? Call Propane Plus right now. No, right now. It's 126. It's Tuesday. It's May 31st. And if you use propane in Massachusetts or Rhode Island, I implore you to go with Propane Plus, heating and cooling. 401 in Rhode Island, two numbers, 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. Three generations, they're available 24-7 for service and delivery. All customers receive a free safety inspection. Go online, check out their website. It's propaneplus.com. But folks, check them out today. Remember, Propane Plus. Um, propaneplus.com, but they have a very user-friendly website, residential and commercial. All right. Now, without further ado, I want to walk you through. This was in the New York Times. <coughs> Excuse me, New York Times yesterday. And I thought it was very well put together. And it's it's just really good journalism. Uh, the New York Times, I don't care what anyone says. Listen, they went all in on this. There's nothing biased. 78 long minutes. Keith Collins, Albert's son, Eleanor Lutz, and Larry B. Four reporters. Families learn, listen to this, that a gunman had entered Robb Elementary School, Alvaldi, Alvaldi, Texas, 11-33, May 24th, last Tuesday. A brutal wait began. Police on the scene did not stop the gunman until well over an hour after he walked into the school. What follows an account of those 78 minutes, as told by video evidence, witnesses, law enforcement, and, and accounts of 911. Okay, you ready? Here we go. This is a week ago, 1133. Now, right now, if you listen to anything, if you're in the car right now, wherever you are, or maybe you're listening online at the website, depetro.com, <clears throat> I am telling you, if you just give me five minutes, you're not going to hear anything more compelling than this, I assure you. When I'm in the car, I listen to the radio. This is what I would want to hear if I were right now in your shoes and you're flipping around on either AM 1380 or 99.9 FM. All right, 1133. The name of this is 78 Minutes. The gunman enters the school. He uses a back door. That had been propped open by a teacher six minutes earlier. He walks down a hallway, banging, kicking on at least one locked door before moving toward two connected classrooms, 111 and 112. Two teachers, Eva Merrills and Irma Garcia, have been screening the movie Lilo and Stitch for fourth graders in the classroom. The gunman would fire more than 100 rounds. Now, let's just remember, you can't do that with a knife and you can't do that with a handgun. 100 rounds, 11.34, so he's been in there for one minute. 11.35, three police department officers entered the school through the same door. Because remember, he had crashed his car in a ravine and made his way and shot at some people. Two were grazed by shots fired by the gunman. Four more officers soon entered the building. Okay? Four more officers soon entered the building. 
1136. He's now been in there. <clears throat> How far behind? He enters at 1133. They're two minutes behind him. 11.36, he's been in there for three minutes. 11.37, more gunshots, another 16 rounds of fire. Officers continue to arrive on the scene. 11.38, five minutes since the gunman entered school. 11.39, six minutes. 11.40, he's been in the school seven minutes. 11.41, eight minutes. 11.42, nine minutes. At 11.43, the school posts on Facebook, the school's under lockdown, and then they email parents, not text. Rob Elementary is under lockdown status. Listen to this. Please know at this time, Rob Elementary is under lockdown status due to gunshots in the area. Here we go. The students and staff are safe in the building. The building is secure in a lockdown status. Your cooperation is needed at this time by not visiting the campus. As soon as the lockdown status is lifted, you'll be noticed, notified. Now, students and staff are safe in the building. That's That was wrong information. There are already dead children, students, and teachers in their classroom. 1144, he's been in the school 11 minutes. 1145, the gunman has been in the school for 12 minutes. 1146, 1147. 1148, 11.49, 11.50, 11.51, 11.52, 11.53. At 11.54, parents are gathering outside the school. Tensions building between parents and police. 11.55, the gunman has been in the school. This is a week ago, Robb Elementary in Texas. For 22 minutes, he's been in that school. 11.56, excuse me, our kids, that's what we're worried about. One mother can be heard saying, our kids are there. My son's right there. These are parents outside the school. 11.57, a week ago, 24 minutes since the gunman entered the school. 11.58, a police officer pushes a man who's making a phone call outside the school, yelling at people gathering to move across the street. And they're yelling at him. There's six-year-old kids in there. They don't know how to defend themselves. Man, y'all can't be like that, man. Y'all can't be like that when there's people. Yes, I do. Get across the street. The police officer is yelling at the parents. Get across the street. We're going to back up. Are you going to walk into that gate and get him? You know, that officer, what a jerk. All right, 1159. 26 minutes since the gunman entered the school. Now listen to this, folks. Good afternoon. It's 1.33. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. At 12 o'clock, the gunman has been in the school for 27 minutes. 12.01, 28 minutes. 12.02, 29 minutes. At 12.03, it's been 30 minutes since the gunman entered. There are 19 officers. 19 officers are in the school hallway. Listen, a student calls 911 and whispers she's in room 112. The call lasts one minute and 23 seconds. 12.04. 31 minutes since the gunman entered the school. 12.05. Some students and staff members who had been locked down in the cafeteria on the other side of the school are able to flee. 12.06. Some students in another classroom escape through a window. 
and there's a incredible photo of this little girl running and these people and they're helping them get out of the window. 1207, 34 minutes since the gunman entered the school. 1208, 35 minutes since the gunman entered the school. 1209, a helicopter is flying above the school. People are gathering on the streets nearby. 1210, the same student calls 911 again and says multiple people are dead. 1211, police officer with a megaphone announces the crowd. When the kids get moved, we're going to move them to the back of the funeral home. Boy, that I'm sure made everybody calm. We're referring to Hillcrest Memorial across the street. That's where we want you all waiting. 1212, at 12 minutes past 12, it's been 39 minutes since the gunman entered the school. 1213, the same student. Calls 911 for the third time. We are alive in here. We're alive. There's stu- we have some students who are alive. 1214, 41 minutes since the gunman entered the school. Folks, I've interviewed people that said they called for an ambulance. Every minute felt like an hour. And that's when the ambulance is there within three to four minutes. Five minutes tops. 41 minutes since the gunman entered the school. 12.15, members of the Border Patrol Tactical Unit arrive with shields. 12.16, the same student calls 911 again and says that there are eight to nine students still alive. 12.17, the school district posts on Facebook there's an active shooter at the school And again, keeps telling people to stay away. 1218. 45 minutes since the gunman entered the school. 1219. A different girl in room 111 calls 911. She hangs up on another student, tells her to hang up. 1220. 47 minutes since the gunman entered the school. 1221, police hear the gunman fire again. They move down the hallway. Three shots are later heard over a 911 call. 1222, I think that was the police were yelling, call out if you can hear us. The little girl said, I'm here. And then he shot her. 1222, 49 minutes since the gunman entered the school. 12.23, 50 minutes since the gunman entered the school. 12.24, 51 minutes since the gunman entered the school. 12.25, 52 minutes. 12.26, students are seen walking out of the school on the other side. 12.27, 54 minutes since the gunman entered the school. 12.28, 55 minutes since the gunman entered the school. 12.29, 56 minutes since the gunman entered the school. 12.30, the school district's post on Facebook. Students who made it out of the school are being taken to an auditorium at the high school on the other side of town. 12.31, it's been 58 minutes since the gunman entered the school. 12.32, 59 minutes. At 
one week ago today, they're at the 60-minute mark. The gunman entered the school. He's been in there for one hour. 12.34, It's now been one hour since police entered the building. 12.36, the first student calls 911 again. She's told to stay on the line and stay quiet. The student tells 911 the gunman shot the door. 12.37, 12.38, at 12.39, at 12.39, the gunman has been in the school for 66 minutes. 12.40, the school district edits its posts on Facebook to say the students are now being taken to a civic center downtown instead of the high school. What a disaster. 12.41, people are gathering up and down the two roads that lead to the school entrances. 12.42, an officer carrying a shield is seen running towards the building. 12.43, the student on the line asked 911, please send the police now. 12.44, at 12.44, it's been 71 minutes since the gunman entered the school. 12.45, a man is filming, people are outside. 12.46, the student on the phone with 911 says she can hear the police next door. At 12.47, the student again asks 911, please send the police. At 12.48, it's been 75 minutes since the gunman entered the school. 12.49, 76 minutes. At 12.50, Specially trained Border Patrol officers unlock and open a classroom door using a master key given to them by a janitor. They enter the classroom and fire 27 times, killing the gunman. Shots are heard over the 911 call. At 12.51, the girl in room 112 is still on the phone with 911. Officers can be heard moving children out of the classroom, including her. When the call ends, she's outside. The crowd of parents surge forward as kids are carried, escorted out, and he yells out, that's my daughter. As the police officer runs, carrying a girl dressed in pink. Wow. Oh, yeah, I see the little girl. The toll, 19 students, two teachers dead, more than a dozen others wounded, would not be released until many hours later. Um, now, folks, at 140, here's a part about this whole thing. Right now, again, good afternoon. It's 1.40. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. 78 minutes. The thing uh, that stands out to me about that is the fact that those that are familiar with school shootings, it all seems to happen All of the activity happens in the very beginning of when the shooting starts. What do I mean by that? So let's just talk about this particular situation. The little girl who was so had the wherewithal to call 911, who, you know, what's going on? He's playing sad music. He's just the shooter at that point didn't know what to do. Right. He had. He had basically set out what he he meant to do. Now he's just inside the classroom. And at this point, doesn't, doesn't know what to do. But the point is, 
all of the activity happens in the very beginning. So anyone that, again, in, in um, I mean, in Sandy Hook, it really, um, at Sandy Hook, it, it all, he fired, I think, 150 rounds in, um, in the very beginning of, of everything. And, and look at this. Once he got into the classrooms and, you know, I'm not going to give a good analogy here at 142. But once he got into the classroom, it's, it, to me, it's almost like a dog that catches, you know, the dog that's always chasing the squirrel. And then, and then when they finally do catch, they, they don't know what to do about it. It's, um, it, it all seems to happen once this shooter and the same thing, Columbine, now they were both killed by police but once they carry it out everything seems to go down in the first four four minutes i think in sandy hook i think in uh, i think in sandy hook all of the the shooting was done i think in the first four and a half minutes so what what is then uh, uh, here's here's a major problem is the 911 operator, it was not a barricaded shooter, as they were saying. There were students alive in there. And they absolutely are trained for and, and needed to get in there much faster. And that obviously did not, did not happen. But it all seems to, it, it goes down. Um, they, 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 okay, you know, they, they think about it, they, and it's sad and it's sick, they fantasize about it, and then they actually do it, and then, then they don't know what to do. He's just in the classroom playing, playing sad music, as the little girl said. The shooter was then, you know, didn't, didn't know what to do. It is amazing the Buffalo shooter's alive. The Buffalo shooter who did then put the weapon, I believe, up to his neck, but they got him not to shoot. But it's, um, my point is, it all just seems to erupt, like right away, is when everything goes down. And so therefore, this isn't an hour-long barrage it's then it went quiet what what certainly and and this police chief is the police chief in texas is basically been in hiding and the principal has not been seen since then but at some point what certainly needs to be answered is how was the commander on scene in Texas, how was that commander not um, communicating with 911? 
I, 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 and and the, here's the here's the answer to that that I already know. We, we, we don't know because they haven't answered that. Um, how is that possible? You know, is it? I I don't know how that person wouldn't have had that information, but they they know that there are children alive in the classroom, and I don't even want to get into the. The issues of that some of them possibly the lives could have been saved if people had if they had moved in faster. Uh, but it, it certainly seems to be that once they once they the shooter, you know, once it begins, it's now in motion. You you heard, and I'm going to play it again. That Florida sheriff. We will take you out. And they should have moved much, much faster on this. Much, much faster on, on and I, I'm, I know I'm saying the obvious, but it just doesn't stand to reason how they did not, the, the delay. And... You know, now it's, you know, as the shooting continued, officers questioned the commander's decision to wait. Local police, they were all there, growing number. Um, But it fell to the chief of a small police department. This was an article in the Boston Globe, created only four years ago. Pedro Arando, known as Pete, ordered them to hold off. What? And especially here, you have the, the specially trained border patrol. They're there, yelling for permission to go in. What's your problem? They asked. Um, said the family. One of the children told him that her his daughter had been struck by a single bullet to the back and bled to death. It's possible she could have been saved. The decision to wait appeared to those ages of the time and many afterwards is out of step with practices since Columbine. The change from, listen to this, the change from Columbine necessarily unaccepted where there's still departments with this ambiguity in, uh, about this policy. Others, including some, have counseled rushing in may not always be the best approach. When the story's ultimately told, he did exactly what they trained for based on fog of war. I don't know about that. Two officers from the police department who shot through the locked door to the classroom fell back into the hallway with grazing wounds. Officers were told the situation had evolved from one with an active shooter to one with a barricaded subject, which would call for a slower approach. You know, they keep saying that, but he really wasn't barricaded. He just, it was a locked door. And that was an incorrect assessment. Gunfire could be heard inside the rooms, including on continuing 911 calls. Part of the investigation is going to be whether he knew about the 911 calls that were coming in, suggesting a possible breakdown in communication during the chaotic, deadly event. They are also looking into whether an attempt was made to take incident command away from him. Um, One person was surprised to hear that the chief of the school district police force, which by the way, only has six officers, was the incident commander during the shooting. While the school grounds may have been the jurisdiction, 
they would expect the district to promptly defer control to the city police department, which would have more experience with major incidences. City police may then pass along the control to an agency like the Texas Department of Public Safety once it was established on scene. He could see a situation where larger agencies might need to come in and put pressure on the early commander to relinquish control. Oh, Brandon Judd, I know him, said no case would border patrol agents have sought to assume command. Um, the police department has 40 sworn officers, used as some of his members, kind of a SWAT team. It was not clear why a border patrol team that was 40 minute drive away was instead asked to lead the assault. The failures in the response extended beyond the decisions. How can you blame it all on the chief of police of a school district with six cops? Well, because he was in charge. I disagree with that. Uh, Among the first 911 calls of a gunman on the loose came from not by the school, but by a house nearby. The gunman shot her in the face, bullet striking her right eye, fled toward the school with the two weapons, two AR-15 style weapons, rifles. Two retired neighbors were outside at the time, heard the gun blast. All of a sudden, the gunman came bounding out of the front door with a backpack and duffel bag, jumped into the grandma's pickup truck. He didn't know how to drive. He was just revving, pushing down on the gas, finally peels out, and the tires are throwing pebbles all over. At that point, the, the grandmother walks out of the house, streaming with blood. She says in Spanish to my parents, look what happened. So they, they, um, they called 911. And then two minutes later, police arrived soon after followed by an ambulance. Before they arrived, his parents could hear gunfire in the area of the elementary school. That police chief is not talking. A huge breakdown here. Um, Huge breakdown here. There's another story, though, where I'm not, I don't think I'm going to be able to get it today, but. Oh, okay. Maybe I do have it here. In mass shootings, police are trained to confront the attacker. Folks, right now it's 152. Uh, Officers are taught to enter quickly. Small formations disable any gunman. Their first priority, move in, confront the attacker. Um, Scenarios are not protocols, been examined. Uh, officers make movement by movement decisions. Air side are neutral. Um, the best practices shootings have evolved since 1999. Officers were trained to maintain a perimeter and wait for a tactical team. Columbine changed everything because they realized, though, it's just people get killed while you're waiting. Police have emphasized speed. In Indiana supermarket. A gunman who had shot two people was aiming his weapon a third when officers fatally shot the gunman within a, a minute of arriving. Other shooting massacres, this is it, have, how quickly. At Sandy Hook, 26 people were killed in six minutes before police arrived. In Las Vegas, 59 people died in an outdoor concert festival over 12 minutes. Um... Some experts say mass shooting events can transition between active situations and barricaded hostage situations. Uh, They talk about shooting in 2016 in uh, Orlando. 49 people were killed. Terrible. 
Over time, attackers of Lone Police will enter immediately, have responded by using barricades, matter of course. Before shooting six people at a church, a gunman chained the door closed and glued the locks. Hmm. Two officers suffered graze wounds a week ago today before retreating after initial confrontation. At the, as the commander at the scene called for more officers and more equipment. Two months ago, they hosted a training. The guidelines used... They need the the officers. They need to place themselves in in harm's way and display uncommon acts of courage to save the innocent. As first responders, we must recognize that innocent life must be defended. Uh, the officer have to be ready at any given moment to go into the threat. All right. So, folks, there's a lot on that. And again, good afternoon. Right now at one fifty four. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Lunch, dinner, or maybe you're sitting out on that deck. Full bar, lodge dining area, delicious food. They're waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery. Well, folks, good afternoon at uh, 155 on this Tuesday, final day of May. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, and it's a very active day with, it's unfortunate, but a lot of school threats. And I I don't have the time to go through all of them, but if you log on at the website right now, um, there is definitely, uh, if you log on on the website to Petro.com, Warwick seems to be ground zero for some school threats right now. So you can uh, read about it. Students threatened to shoot up an elementary school in Warwick. And then there was also a, um, another situation in Warwick as well. So, And then Warwick also, you know, Warwick has quickly become the center of the universe. Warwick has the missing person case that is still going on uh, that I don't know when that's going to be. Right now, it's still a missing person case. She's been missing over two weeks now. Um, let me just see. Pump price, another high. Six bucks in California. And pessimism's even growing. But I think this is interesting. Of um, Boy threatens mass shooting days after the Texas massacre in Florida. And they arrested him, 10 years old. Uh, Clinton campaign lawyer acquitted of lying to the FBI. Uh, let me just see some other headlines here. The, the, the Biden White House seems totally a mess. And I also want to mention this. You know, locally, the local press, they keep asking anyone that's a Republican, they're asking about President Trump. But they don't ask any of the Democrats about Biden. And I don't think that's right. I think that's wrong. So I think what's needed are more questions about the Biden White House right now than anything about President Trump. Folks, this portion of the program, again, I mentioned the website to Petro.com, and it's stretched by the Senadale Revival. Comfort, food, cocktails, stop in and see them. They'll also be jamming with the NBA playoffs. 2025 Smith Street, North Providence, right across from North Providence Town Hall, right next door to Stella's uh, Suites. It's the Senadale Revival. Comfort, food, and cocktails. Delicious food, great crowd. Pop in and see them. Who else do I want to mention? I want to mention, I think I've mentioned everybody. Um, Well, don't forget about our friend Marie. 
at It's My Health, the Queen of Health, who was uh, closed on Saturday. I'm glad for it. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Pop in and say hello to Marie. Vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products, herbs, teas, and spices, hemp and CBD products. Folks, It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Well, right now, it's 158, and you're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380. And 99.9 FM. I um, I want to encourage you to visit the, um, oh, wow. So uh, vets in Warwick just completed a regular lockdown drill. So that's a Warwick school that is doing uh, active shooter drills. Folks, this is where we are at. And it, it should not be that way. But... That is where we are at right now, and I am um, I I I'm still really surprised this situation in Warwick that one of the students that made the threat they allowed the student to still attend school today, and to me that's not taking it serious enough. I like that that sheriff that sheriff in Florida, you know, laid down the law. And is and they're they're not they're going to make an example of that ten year old who wanted to threaten and they arrested him and mugshot and the whole thing. So I think you know in a situation like this, um, I think you have to make an example. I do. Out of the student, because and then and and you know drill that home to both the students and then also the parents. Well, folks, at one fifty nine on this, I will be doing Facebook Live later. Look for me on the John DePietro Show page. Coming up, you're going to hear the two o'clock news, and then it'll be the John Dion program. Enjoy this Tuesday. We're back on the radio tomorrow at eleven. Stay tuned for the two o'clock news. WNRI Winsocket. W.